Welcome to Talking Football Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga. With player picks as trendy as a match day 18 comeback, fancy advice as fierce as the battle for the Bundesliga's best left foot, and two pundits who put the super in super sub, just like Christopher Nkunku. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Thorogood. This is Talking Football Fantasy Season 5, match day 19. And this show, it would not be complete without the fantasy football got himself, Flo Reinecker. Flo, how did match day 18 treat you my friend it could have gone better so i did pick up 130 points and that's a bit of a letdown but yeah i'm definitely looking to bounce back uh, on this match day I, I did a few transfers with this match day in mind to not dig myself a hole and i think at least I succeeded in that regard so i was gonna yeah, yeah let's see an, an, ab- an above average score definitely not as spectacular as a start as you, James. Well, I got lucky, and this is the point I was going to make. Uh, I came out with 163 points, so that was actually the 25th on the match day overall, which was was a nice, but I got very lucky. And there were some big swings and roundabouts this weekend. You know, if you had Erling Haaland as your star man, you got very lucky towards the end of that game that Dortmund did manage to turn it around. And okay, he didn't get a goal, but at least he was involved in shots, so therefore it helped. And there were lots of stories like that. I mean, I had Christopher Nkunku in my side. That could have gone terribly wrong with him on the bench to start that game against Mainz and if he doesn't come on against 10 men maybe it's a very different story so these are the the pitfalls uh, and the joys of fantasy and I probably yeah I, I shouldn't say too much because it'll be next week it'll be you with 163 points and me sitting on something like 100 after a terrible week because as I tweeted out earlier today, there are a fair few curveballs still being thrown in the Bundesliga fantasy world. And that was the case last weekend. And I think it's going to be the case again this weekend, Flo. Yeah, probably so, I'd say. I think it, it will take some time until we settle in uh, into the new year. I think each team maybe present itself a bit differently than we've seen in the past. And then we have to adapt without overreacting. I think that's that's key in my mind so yeah and if you can try and keep 15 players in your squad that are playable that's normally a good good idea as well although i think even yeah there's a couple of cases i might actually be stretched already uh just based on some injury cases and some question marks that are still floating around ahead of match day 19 and i will say we sent out a tweet some people wouldn't admit this on a show but we might as well i sent out a tweet asking for listener questions we actually didn't get any before we started recording Nothing wrong with that, because sometimes we forget to even send out a tweet. So not to worry, we're still going to cover all the bases today. And if you do have any questions after we've recorded, after you've listened to the podcast, feel free to send them in and Flo and I will endeavor to get on it. A Friday night, yeah, I should be able to answer a fair few questions. I'm trying to stay off social media a little bit more in 2022, but it doesn't mean that I can't answer a few fantasy questions along the line. So with that in mind, we'll get into the fixture list straight away. And we'll start with the opening game, Dortmund against Freiburg. Now, this was one last week. We didn't quite know what to expect of Dortmund. You made the case to stay away from Erling Haaland. And Dortmund, let's be honest, as I mentioned, were one of the lucky cases when it came to their 3-2 win against Frankfurt. Now, that being said, up against Freiburg on home soil, they haven't lost a Friday night game on home soil since 2004. There have been 22 wins and eight draws since then. How do you feel about Dortmund and then how do you feel about your decision not to bring in Haaland last week Flo? I like Dortmund in this game and I like I'm, I made the decision because I I was pretty sure that Haaland will be really high owned and I thought that there were at least 
Yeah, a decent chance of Dortmund disappointing at, at Frankfurt. Although I have to say, like, Haaland looked better, way better than at Berlin, even before Dortmund did manage to turn things around. So he was involved in basically every shot uh, Dortmund had, e even early on. So it doesn't matter. Like, he got an assist. He set up the Hazard goal. And I think he ended up with 13 points. I, we I went with Kramaric instead. Because I like Hoffenheim uh, at home against Augsburg. I mean, it did turn out a Hoffenheim striker got a big game, but it just wasn't Kromaric. So yeah. it, 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 like, it could have really swung in a different direction. And I saw some bits of the Hoffenheim game, and like, in, in there were situations that were just like one not clean pass away from Kromaric having a sitter and stuff like that. So that's just how it goes. So I'm not beating myself up. I was making a conscious decision not to go with a field with Haaland and in the end it didn't pan out. So, But that's how it works. But I always had the plan to bring him in for this Friday evening fixture and that's um, what I'm going to do. Uh, so I, I was impressed how Dortmund handled stuff after having a good start to the game and then basically doing nothing for the next, like, until the 17th minute, <laughs> I think. Uh, you, you saw, okay, this is it. And then they managed to turn things around. And I think our, our friend Martin Hinteregger did play a big part in that. <laughs> yes. Not only because, like, he, he had kind of mistakes at two goals of, of Dortmund. Yep. But after the Hazard goal, so the first Dortmund goal, Haaland went on. He wanted to get the ball out of the net and was pushed into the net by Hinteregger. And you could see it's game on now for, for Haaland. Yeah. So <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Uh, I want him to be a bit sleepy version of himself. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, Don't make him angry. If you, if you have seen how he celebrated... Uh, uh, he uh, that he got a corner in yeah. injury time. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't rub him the wrong way, in my mind. And I mean, that's like Hinteregger likes to play this kind of style, but he couldn't he couldn't back it up sporting wise on that Saturday evening. So uh, he was like, I wouldn't say the reason that Frankfurt lost that game in the end, but I think that wasn't a good decision by him. No, I mean, it was a fascinating battle and some strikers would crumble under that pressure yes. for, and, yeah. and that yes. physicality from Hinteregger. But yeah, Hollandy just ended up pissing off um, and that made it very difficult for them. I mean, this is the thing with Holland. Uh, no goals in his last two games. And actually, in three of his four games against Freiburg, he hasn't scored. He scored a brace in the other game. Yeah. And so he doesn't actually have a great record against them. Yeah, but, but you know what, James? I saw the, like, the game in the Hinrunde. Nico Schlotterbeck was all over Haaland. Mm, yeah. Nico Schlotterbeck True. isn't playing on Friday. Yeah. I mean, his, his brother might play, so maybe he gets some advice. Uh, Kevin Schlotterbeck, that is. But... I think Nico Schlotterbeck uh, missing is a big advantage for for Dortmund in this one. And we saw that against Bielefeld, that Freiburg really lacks Schlotterbeck, who's probably one of, like, if not the best centre-back this season in the Bundesliga. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, hard, hard to argue against that, actually. And I mean, uh, Mark Flecken as well was also yeah, a big, big loss. Benjamin Uphoff, okay, as, as credible as he is, didn't quite lend as much confidence to that back line. And we did see that in them letting that two-goal lead slip 
against them. I mean, they've won their last two against Dortmund, including the 2-1 win earlier this season, but both of them were on home soil. So I do agree with you, Freiburg, not quite the same prospect after that mini-COVID outbreak that I actually didn't manage to avoid. I did bring Mark Flecken into my side. So fortunately, Manuel Riemann saved the day, as he has uh, many times this season, actually. So, I mean, is this the case of if you brought Gunter Grifo, maybe someone went for Jong out there as well? And if you did, I mean, credit to you, 20 points last week. I mean, he looks like a really good low-budget buy for the rest of this season, potentially. But are you trying to ship those assets out then quickly? Uh, I I wouldn't say that necessarily. So uh, it depends on the rest of uh, the squad. I I wasn't planning on bringing in uh, Guerrero, for instance, but then the Freiburg news hit and until kickoff, I couldn't wrap my head around who's missing from Freiburg, apart from Nico Schlotterbeck, who I was pretty certain would miss the game because of Corona. And then I decided not to go with Gunther because of the risk. And then bring in Guerrero because then I would have him already for the Friday evening game, which means I don't have the decision to make. If I, like if I would have brought on Günther, I probably wouldn't go with Guerrero because of two defenders in one game. I don't like that that much. So if you have Günther, for instance, and not Guerrero, I think it's fine to stick with him. I mean, Freiburg just conceded seven goals on the road. That's the best in the Bundesliga. Although they're missing, like we said, Nico Schlotterbeck, I still think it's like there's a possibility that that Dortmund comes out flat attacking-wise. I don't think you can count that out. So I wouldn't panic on my Freiburg assets. But if you can get rid of him, I at least would do it probably with a a higher price, guys. Yeah, I mean... And uh, next week, they're at home against Stuttgart. So that's definitely an enticing matchup. So you have to weigh that. Yeah. And it all depends on how your squad looks. But uh, definitely, you don't have to push the panic button, especially since it's a Friday evening game. I mean, you mentioned him there as well, in talking about the panic button, going back to Dortmund Guerrero. He missed, according to reports, he missed a training session on Wednesday. Uh, the press conference has not taken place for Dortmund while we're recording or before we've recorded. So there may be an update there from Marco Rosa. But uh, how worried are you right now about Guerrero? I'm, I'm not worried because it's a Friday evening game. So I don't have a tough decision to make. He's either starting and then he uh, I'll happily stick with him or he's out and uh, then I will sell him. So I, I don't have too much that I have to have to do. So I, uh, it would be fine in my mind. And, and, and that's the reason why it would be perfectly fine to go with Guerrero if he's in the starting lineup as well. Yeah. Although his recent form is disappointing. But I still think uh, he he can be involved in a lot going forward, and yeah, I'm 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 still happy that he's in my squad as long as he plays. Well, that was it. I mean six, six points last weekend, despite conceding twice in that game. And okay, yeah, he didn't quite have the same creative output as we've seen from him. But actually, when you concede twice, that's not a bad return of six points for a defender. So yeah, not uh, he's he's got, he's got a very high ceiling. We know that about Guerrero. Um, okay, let's move on then to the Saturday three thirty kickoffs. Plenty that we talked about now with Friday night, but there's some tasty games on Saturday afternoon, uh, and one of them is Stuttgart against Leipzig. Now we backed the Stuttgart market last week against. Koy- to foot. I think it was the right move despite what happened. If you went for Borna Sosa then you you profited. Although can we explain the five point swing flow? Because like what happened there? Because when I took my star man off of Borna Sosa, 
He only had 15 points. Yeah. Yeah. So what like what happened there? Do we know? You were robbed. You were robbed. Was it just was yeah. it just late data entry? Um, I, I I think I might. So there were some technical issues with uh, um service provider um that's giving the data and all the stuff for the Bundesliga uh, live feeds and so on. And the match between Stuttgart and Fürth was still running in their system like over an hour uh, after the final whistle. Uh-huh. And I guess for some reason that that, that delayed uh, all the, the data that came in late. It's not only Sosa, um, Furich also oh, yeah. uh, in the end had eight points and he was sitting, I think, at four uh, at final whistle, so I'm happy that I didn't swap him out. Yes. Um, before the the late game, and then I was happily surprised that we were sitting there with eight, w- which is like for for a budget midfielder and a club who didn't score. Yeah. Uh, and didn't win. I th- I think it's it's quite decent as well. So I'm I'm Absolutely. I'm not in a hurry to to sell Furich, for instance. No, I mean it was just yeah. Obviously, Sosa got. I think it must have been an extra two points for challenges one, and then an extra three points for uh, chances created. Passes to but, yeah, yeah, passes yeah. to a shot right, and so those th- those five points obviously came in late because yeah, there was a, a bit of a surprise when I went. Hold on, he's still got fifteen points. I swear I took the star man off him. What happened there? I would never have taken uh, you know the star man off him if I'd yeah. known. But hey, you know that's just the way things go sometimes. Now Stuttgart, they have failed to score in their last three games. Four would equal a club record. They're coming up against Leipzig, who had that four-one win against Mainz, but they themselves without a win in their last 11 away games um, and they've never they've never lost to, to Stuttgart uh, in, in the Bundesliga but uh, you've got to wonder which way this one's going to swing so in terms of a player pick Flo who are you looking at? I'm, I'm going with Nkunku I mean the, the way he came on I think now he's ready to start it's a bit of a shocker because I got the predicted lineup of Kicker in front of me and they benching Schoboschlei I don't believe that for a second so I'm I have Schoboschlei and he he'll stay in my squad. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure what what what's the thinking behind. I mean, uh, Nkunku and Schoboschlei they gelled really well together, so I expect Silva, Nkunku, and Schoboschlei to play at Stuttgart, which would be a bit of a magic triangle that they play at Stuttgart, where that phrase was coined in the '90s. So I know, yeah, yeah. I, I can't see Tedesco uh, pulling Schoberschlei. No, I would be very, very surprised as well. And and they did look good. I mean, of course, yeah, take it with a pinch of salt. It did come against Mainz, who had 10 men. And and we, even with 10 men, they were still pushing forward, yeah. trying to, to get at Leipzig as well. Yeah, and argue. I, I just want to argue, like, 10 Mainz players are not worse at the moment than 11 Stuttgart players. You could argue <laughs> that. That, that, yeah, you could argue that. You could argue that. And yeah, there's been a nice renaissance for Andre Silva. Four starts under Tedesco, four goals so far for the Portuguese man. Let's move on to Wolfsburg against Hertha. Again, maybe to avoid this weekend, perhaps. Six straight losses equals a new uh, Wolfsburg record. And 10 losses from their first 18 match days is also a new club record. Uh, not the things that they want to be reading. Meanwhile, Hertha not in much better form, especially against Wolfsburg. Uh, only one win in their last nine nine in the Bundesliga against the Wolves. Funny enough, Dodi Lukabakio scoring the winner on that occasion. They've got Suat Serda and Kevin Prince-Boating both suspended for this one as well. Are you avoiding this game at all cost flow or do you have a player pick at least? No. Like, Hatta is playing uh, Bayern next week. 
So I, I wouldn't go there. Wolfsburg is traveling to Leipzig. I, I, I really don't see any reason to go with any player out of this match, except you went for a guy like Roussillon last week. Yeah. Um, and then you did that with the Hatter game in mind. And then you definitely stick with him because that was your thinking behind the transfer. So I, I that would be the only reason I could see myself having a player out of this match. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, in terms of attacking output, I mean, Hertha were a bit improved towards the end of their game last weekend. But I mean, Wolfsburg, you saw very little from them. You thought, you know, Metcher's injury may give Weghorst a bit of a new lease of life, but it didn't seem to happen either for the Wolves. So yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you there. I think it's a game to steer clear of. Let's talk about Union against Hoffenheim, one where maybe more people are already invested or might be looking to invest. Uh, now, there was news from Hoffenheim. Uh, Pavel Karajabek is out. That's a bit of a problem for me because I did have him in my side. But Hoffenheim are unbeaten in their last seven games. Now, in the table. Union, meanwhile, only one loss in their last 25 Bundesliga home games. That coming against Bayern of all teams. Uh, so, yeah, not an easy place to go for Hoffenheim, but they are in form. If you were looking for a player pick from this game, Flo, who are you going for? I would actually go with Kevin Akpoguma because uh, he came on for Kadarabek. He replaced him earlier in the season, did okay. Did have a very strong game against Augsburg, set up a goal uh, get you 11 points. And now with Kalarik out of the picture, I like him. I prefer him over Gieselmann because there's some debate if Gieselmann or um, Uchipka will be playing because keep in mind, next week is Cup Week in Germany and like we have a Cup fixture, Hertha against Union. So you definitely could argue that the next game is not the most important out of these two games for Union. So that's why I'm a bit wary to bring in a guy like Giesemann who would otherwise be like a, a, a screaming value pick. But with the Hertha game in mind in the Cup and with Kicker predicting that there will be rotation, uh, I'm, I'm definitely probably going to stay away from the Union side. I mean, Hoffenheim, they're in action as well in the Cup against Freiburg, so a bit of a, a local derby of their own oh, uh, in that respect. Off. But <laughs> um, but I wanted to at least talk about David Raum, yeah. because again, he kind of showed that despite the fact that we'd love him as a defender in the fantasy game, even as a midfielder, he can perform. Yeah, and we, we we learned that he's living the dream. True. <laughs> yeah, very true. Not 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 really <laughs> the the type the typing the kind of typing I would choose or the placement. Well, I would I, I don't try to uh, pick to that placement personally. Yeah. Uh, not the placement. <laughs> how how's it called? The way the the uh, type type. Oh, uh, uh, what do you mean the, the font? The, the font. font. Oh, the font. Yes, that's it. There you the, go. Yeah, the font. I, 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 maybe I would have picked another font, but uh, like for the guys who haven't seen that, he revealed a tattoo after scoring, with living the dream. I think, if I'm not mistaken, James. So no, that, that was you're exactly spot yeah, on. But uh, like, spot on. An assist, he, assist he had a goal. a goal and an assist. 15 points that's great but like we we see bigger performances with player involved in two goals Schoberschlei for instance had the same like he had a goal and an assist and he did end up with 22 points I, I just think that David Raum 
I, I just wish he were a defender, but he's a midfielder and that <laughs> yeah, makes I, it yeah. so tough for me because you're relying on him basically being Philip Kostic. And in recent weeks, he is as good as Philip, nearly as good as, as Philip Kostic, but in the past, players in that position, like they weren't performing at that level uh, that Raum is doing right now. Um, I'm not sure that he can keep it up. And his price tag is 11.3. So if like if it if he were a bargain, then we would like uh, it's also a different matter. So I have uh, just trouble bringing in Raum in and, and trusting that he can be that efficient because he needs to be. Like his shot involvement is good for a player on his position, but it's not through the roof if you compare it. Yeah. Uh, with other midfielders in the fantasy game. So, uh, yeah, that's just my opinion uh, on him. No, no, I mean, I do, yeah, I do agree with you. I think he looks for the cross more than the shot, and which is fair enough. He's got a great left foot on him. And, and I mentioned in the, the intro that there's a a fierce battle brewing for the best left foot in the, the Bundesliga. I mean, Philip Kostic, David Raum, Borna Sosa. I mean, there's some pretty sweet left foots uh, knocking about in Germany's top tier right now. But I, I agree with you. I think if, if he was a defender, he he would be such an easy pick right now and he'd be in so many teams. But as a midfielder, he just suffers as a result. Let's move on yeah. to... Uh, oh, uh, yeah. just so he's involved in 3.6 shots yeah. per 90 minutes. That's his average. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going for comparison. Let's see. Shoboslai is sitting at 5.5. So per 90 minutes, Shoboslai is involved on average in two more shots than Raum is. I mean, 3.9 is definitely good. It's definitely good. Yeah. So I'm not... I'm, Nkunku is 5.1. So Shoboslai is actually higher than, uh, than Nkunku there. In that regard, but yeah, but then Schlobberschlei's also played less minutes, right? I would assume, based on the fact yeah, that a lot yeah, of his... he, he played yeah. less minutes, but yeah. it's 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 per ninety, yeah. so it it at least evens out yeah. uh, a bit. Yeah. No, okay, fair enough. No, okay, good, good to put some stats behind that as well, uh, which kind of yeah does does back up the point. move on then to Mainz against Bochum. Mainz unbeaten in five on home soil and uh, this fixture you may remember from the Hinrunde back on match day two produced uh, the goal of the year actually as voted for in the Bundesliga circles. I think Gerrit Holtman became the Ruhrpott Messi yeah. and they are actually set to meet in the Pokal three days later on Tuesday as well so it's a bit of an interesting one and, and for Mainz that's the second time this has happened now. They did it with Bielefeld in the last round if I'm not mistaken. I mentioned the fact that Riemann came to the rescue for Bochum last week if you're looking for a player pick from this game flow who are you targeting yeah it has to be Aaron I think Aaron Martin cheap defender really good and, and keep in mind that Mainz is traveling to third next week so I definitely want some Mainz involvement it's been a like it's been tough to pick a Mainz midfielder for your squad and That's where I'm struggling with. So I think you can make an argument for Jason Lee. Um, his season-long starts, they, they didn't look really impressive. But uh, he's coming on lately. Uh, and I think like he's at least cheap. You can, you can make an argument for, for go with him. I mean, he, he basically plays as a number 10, as a midfielder in the game. Uh, I think that can pan out. 
And Bochum is, is far better at home than away from home. So Jason Lee for 6.5 million. He's in least in consideration territory for me. I, I definitely prefer some Bielefeld guys we uh, talk later on, but yeah. you can make an argument for Jason Lee and Aaron Martin probably is, is the best buy this week, especially since he lost value getting uh, minus four points at Leipzig. Yes, yeah, true. Yeah, true. I mean, yeah, and the other problem is, for, yeah, for Mainz's strikers, I know we've talked about Onisiwa and Burkhardt on this show uh, enough times this season, but yeah, they, they're struggling to break through when you've got a big three or maybe even four given Andre Silva's revival up front. And so, yeah, at that point, they struggle to really to break through and come into the conversation. And Rafael Boré and... Oh, that's, like, yeah, true. You can add to the list. Yeah. Well, that's it. And well, Bur- like Burkhardt, then I would like, but I need him to prove that he can pick up his form from the Hinrunder again in the Rookrunder before I jump into that market. Okay. Yeah. I, I make the argument of shot involvement again. I, I just have it open here. <laughs> Burkhardt is a 3.3 per 90 minutes. So compare that. Like Raum is, is way higher than, than Burkhardt. Yeah. Unisivo is at 4.3. So he's involved in one shot more per 90 minutes on average than Burkhardt is. Burkhardt was just amazingly efficient, and I don't think he can keep that up. Um, that, that was always the case. The way he was scoring in, at parts of the Hinrunde, it, it was outlandish. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, there's only five points difference between them in terms of total points. Burkhardt, 127, Onisiwo, yeah. Onisiwo 122. I mean, Onisiwo does set you back 0.8 more. But yeah, as I say, they just don't break into the conversation right now in the strikers' debate, given form and fixtures elsewhere. Let's talk about Form and fixtures elsewhere. Köln against Bayern. Köln, they are the only Bundesliga side to win their last three games. Meanwhile, we saw Bayern lose their first game of a new calendar year for the first time in seven years against Gladbach. Another one of those comebacks from last weekend. The the one that got the ball rolling, actually. But Bayern, I mean, they've scored in each of their last 65 Bundesliga games. They're a side that can still do damage. And this could be an interesting matchup, but I do think there are goals in this. And now we've got all the Bayern players coming back from their COVID cases as well, Flo. So the market's being flooded by new options in the Bayern squad. Who are you looking at? If you're going to pick a player, I'd assume actually you probably do want to pick an extra player from this game. Or did you went with? Did you go with one or two from Bayern's game last weekend? Uh, I had Muziala and Lewandowski, so I had uh, two so went, players. Okay. Yeah, uh, I actually took your advice and just stuck with Lewandowski. <laughs> yeah, I was debating that as well. But in the end, I couldn't find a midfielder I liked way better than Muziala. And then I thought you might, I might as well go with a Friday evening pick. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and I, w- I was toying around with bringing in Müller as well. But like, I, do- I hate myself rooting for Bayern. So I, <laughs> I, I tried to avoid that. And yeah, in the end, I, I did that. Like, it's so I think Miller did. Like, what did he get? Eleven points, something like yeah, that. He did so it, he did that's right. his usual tally. Yeah, I'd say. And I, I didn't bring in Modest because of this fixture this week. Um, in my first draw, I had Modest up front, apart from Lewandowski and Schick, and uh, I ended up replacing him with Kramaric because I thought if like if things are not shaping out and I can't make a transfer up front. Like, I'm fine with Kramaric and I wouldn't really want Modest on, on this match day. And my player pick, probably apart from Lewandowski, would still be Musiala. I, I mean, he did play. I, w- I was surprised. I think he actually played in as a holding midfielder. I don't think that 
because Malik uh, Tillman came into the squad and played as a left winger. And uh, I expect Musiala to take that place. So um, playing more up front definitely lead to more attacking uh, returns. Although, like, he has to face the culture Cafu, how he's called, Benno Schmitz. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. But he, he, yeah, apart from Lewandowski, still a pick. If you if you did double up on Bayern with Müller and Lewandowski, you, you don't need to change that. If we get confirmation that Davis looks as usual and at a hundred percent, I'm definitely tempted to bring it in. Yeah, like at the start of the week, it was said that he's probably missing the game at Cologne, and now he returned to practice on Wednesday. Uh, I think. Um, yeah, so so Davis definitely in the conversation, but I would need at least some kind of new snippets that makes me uh, confident that he actually is going to play. Well, I, guess, I mean, if the journalists in Munich do their job flow, someone's got to ask Nagelsmann who's back. And if he says Davies at that point, then that, that might be enough for me uh, to consider bringing him in. Because I think, yeah, for the next couple of weeks, it could be good. Yeah, but that, that like you, you think that... There's going to be a straight answer <laughs> onto a straight question. <laughs> I would like to think in the context of the fact that they had 13 players missing last week, that they might want to take a few players off that list for us. Um, <laughs> I would hope so, but we can only, we can only hope. No, I mean, that's it. I was going to say that the philosophical question perhaps for you, would you rather finish second overall come the end of the season in Bundesliga fantasy without Lewandowski and Muller in your side, or would you rather double up and buy and, and win the whole thing yeah i don't think these are the options that are on the table <laughs> okay fair okay fair enough fair enough no, i mean anyone anyone at home can ask themselves that question yeah. I, I think i think i know i think finishing second doesn't sound so bad in that context second to who oh, sec I'll, I'll finish second to anyone as uh, long as i don't i i don't i don't like the buy and double up i agree with you i'd rather you know not wish them so well in in the fantasy game and in in you know the bundesliga itself that I've got two of them up front. You know, I try not to delve too much in the buying market, but you have to. If you if you want to be competitive in this yeah. game, you have to. But yeah. the, the, the Muller-Lewandowski combo, it just looks so strong, and even I can't deny that, really. No, it is. It's probably the, the wisest choice you can do, but I'm still not going to do it. So yeah. <laughs> it's just sometimes. <laughs> I mean, there's stuff you know it's not good for your health, and you do it anyway, and, like, this is... Probably similar. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good for my fantasy health, but I like. Yeah. No, so, so. The only thing, like, I, I, I think I doubled up one time and I, I just picked Nabri instead of Müller and didn't work out, but at least, like, like I can root for Nabri uh, more oh. than I can root for. The rest of the Bayern players. No, okay, for, yeah, for, former Bremen man. That that's fair enough. That's definitely fair enough. All right, let's move on to the first of the three flexible fixtures from this weekend. Uh, Gladbach against Leverkusen, which I think you know you may have looked at very differently last weekend when you were preparing your team on match day eighteen. Then you may be looking at this fixture now. Gladbach, of course, beating Bayern two one on the Friday night fixture last time out. They were seven unbeaten at home to start this season. But if you remember at the end of the Hinrunde, they lost their last two, conceding nine times in the process. However, yeah, 
on the back of that win against Bayern, a bit of a different prospect. Leverkusen, meanwhile, they've won their last four against Gladbach, but they themselves were ropey against Union as well. Patrick Schick, I mean, he continued to deliver the goods flow, which is at least the good news if you invested in the Leverkusen market. 17 goals is a Leverkusen record after 18 match days. Meanwhile, by comparison, Gladbach strikers have contributed just four goals. How do you negotiate a fixture like this? Because if you want a striker, it seems like you have to pick Patrick Schick if you haven't already invested in Schick. But the rest of it is kind of up for grabs a little bit. Yeah, I I don't like to invest in Gladbach, I I think. I mean, probably the only guy I can see myself make an argument for uh, would be Lars Stindl, I guess. But there are so many options uh, out there. I don't have to pick him against Leverkusen. We know of the Bayern curse. So winning against Bayern. <laughs> there, there was a crazy stat. We brought it up last time. I didn't check it. It was like, uh, I'm not sure. Eight of the last 12 have lost the next game. It's, like You have to look that up for yourself. But that, like, it's, it's a thing. Uh, in the Bundesliga. So uh, 13.7 million for Stindl is a risky play, uh, I think can work out. But apart from that, with lineup back, we got some uncertainty who's playing left back. It's either Nets or it's Scully. I think Liner uh, will keep his place. He's 8.9 million. Yeah, definitely you could do it. I mean, he's coming on strong after set pieces. I just read like his he scored three goals. His last three goals were after set pieces via header. It's a bit like Kadarabek or uh, if I may mention him, Theo Gebrselassie. Oh, yes, of course these, you can mention Gebrselassie. What a legend. Uh, fullbacks who aren't necessarily uh, like as tall as the centre-backs, but that means that they're not getting marked as closely and with the best uh, defensive header guys from the opponent. And sometimes these guys are the most dangerous after set pieces. And maybe we see that from Liner. So I think Liner might be fine as well. But in a game, I think that can swing both ways. I definitely prefer the Leverkusen size because they hosting Augsburg next week. Yeah. And uh, Gladbach. They have two home games in a row, so that's also a positive, but they're hosting Union, and I think if I want, like, uh, I have a player playing Augsburg or a player uh, playing Union, I definitely choose a player uh, playing Augsburg in a vacuum. So um, I like the Leverkusen side a bit more. Uh, Disappointing results on the pitch and fantasy-wise as well. I brought in Frimpong. Uh, Yeah, I did too. um, Wurz and Schick. And apart from Schick, they were all disappointed. I think all these threes are uh, fine, but especially with words, I might look to replace him for the price tag. Interesting. Interesting. No, I, I, I didn't reach to Wurz in the end last time out, but did go for Frimpong and Schick. And I was wondering actually whether to bring in Wurz for the flexibility in midfield for this week. My transfers, though, all depend on Davies. Because if Davies is going to play for Bayern, or I think he's going to play for Bayern, and I do invest, I cannot afford that bracket, that Virch bracket, I think I'd come out to like 11.1 million in the bank. And that that's also not factoring in the fact that Guerrero might, might miss out in the end. That might change everything because then I can afford everyone, <laughs> basically. So Virch may, may not be an issue. But I was wondering whether this is a game 
that is good for a bit of flexibility. I mean, if you're looking at midfielders, we will talk about the Bielefeld guys coming up. Frankfurt, you've got Lindstrom and Kostic as well. Uh, so the midfield market is quite heavy in terms of flexible options. It's at the back that I think we maybe struggle a little bit. And so, yeah, it's a... Uh, it, I, I looked at this game as which team do you have more faith in? Which team offers better value? I probably have a little bit more faith in Gladbach than you do and in this game, but I do believe that Leverkusen offer the better value this week and next week in terms of their investments. So, yeah, I think I, I like the Schindel pick. I was going to actually not mention his name and then throw him out as a, a weird Vegas choice to really have like an outside of the box pick, but maybe not so outside of the box if Flo's thinking the same way I am so that's always a good sign let's move on I'm strangely wired sometimes so I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure it doesn't happen it's... often it doesn't happen often every now and again though um, we're on the same page let's talk about the next game though because I think we will be on the same page here because there's a massive headache flow for me that involves Augsburg and Frankfurt and it's, it's more about Frankfurt because they've got four really good fixtures coming up starting with this game against Augsburg but I do not see one viable defender in their squad that I'm really like you know what I'm confident I can invest in them I'm confident there's a high ceiling and good returns coming my way do you feel the same way yeah I feel the same way I think the only one might be Evan and Dicker yeah 10.6 uh, you can make an argument for Hinteregger but I, I just think if Maybe we see Hasebe playing um, as a starter. I think right now Hinteregger would probably be the guy who would be benched for that. Like He didn't look as he needs to be playing uh, against Dortmund. Um, apart from all the kerfuffle, I, I think like we've seen him not on top of his game for some time right, uh, in this season. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah. fair to say and... Um, he was benched during stretches in the Hinrunde. So uh, that's why I would choose Ndika over him. And I mean, Ndika was close to scoring the uh, a goal against Dortmund. He definitely can do that. But for 10.6 million, it's really tough to swallow. So um, I'm, I'm agreeing with you just because of Timothy Chandler being a midfielder in the game. So yeah. we, that's, that's tough. Uh, to swallow. Yeah, you're, you're picking out of three centre-backs and, and that's it. Hinteregger yeah. last season had a lot more freedom to roam forward under Hütter whereas Glasner really wants him to stay back seemingly. So he's still a threat from set pieces but therefore he's much more boom and bust. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So it's no need and, and the risk of him not playing is there as well. Uh, and in midfield, uh, we have plenty yeah. uh, of options. No problem there. With Kostic... And, of course, with Lindstrom, I mean, oh, it was brutal what he did to Emre Chan. Uh, I, I, I felt sorry for <laughs> yeah. Chan's family there. <laughs> I didn't feel sorry for Emre Chan, I'll admit. Like, if, if a yeah. player ever deserves being embarrassed every now and again, Emre Chan's high on my list. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, I'm no opinion on that. But, like, brutal nutmeg against Emre Chan, but couldn't really finished the situation with a goal. Uh, should have done that. But still, Lindstrom, I mean, it definitely uh, it's viable to double up on, on fr Frankfurt just because of Lindstrom. If Kostic weren't in his squad, he would be a must-have just because of his price tag was 8.1 and the way he's playing right now. So uh, he he's definitely uh, under consideration for me. Yeah, I mean, it's but it's tough for him to beat out the Bielefeld guys. Although I saw a lot of guys already brought in Wimmer. Yeah, 
We talked about that last week. That is viable if you want to set yourself up for this week. So a lot of you guys did that. Kudos to you. And um, Wimmer actually performed at Freiburg. So uh, that was a perfect fit. But uh, for everyone that didn't bring in Wimmer, I think he is probably first priority uh, if you want the value midfielder this week. Yeah, simply because he offers you flexibility after Kostic plays. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And he's also cheaper than Lindstrom. Yeah, also very true. I mean, he, I mean, it could have been different. Lin if Lindstrom scores that chance to make it 3-0 to Frankfurt, we could have been talking very differently about him. But no, I do agree with you. The flexibility is a big win for the Bielefeld boys that we will talk about. Before we do that, though, I've got to ask you about yeah, and, and yeah, okay. One more thing, James. Yeah. Frankfurt is playing Bielefeld next Friday evening. So yeah. that's also is definitely a positive for the Kostic-Lindstrom combo. And then, like, if you have Kostic-Lindstrom and Wimmer... You definitely need to sell at least one of these guys for yeah. next Friday. And I think it would be uh, Wimmer, but yeah, that's definitely interesting. No, definitely. Talk Sorry, to me about I did Ra cut you off. It's all right. No, no, don't worry. Talk to me about Rafael Beret. Four goals in his last five games. That included two against Dortmund. Yeah. And I mean, is, is he a viable striker for Frankfurt's good run of fixtures? In the words of the great Erling Haaland, I would say, Que pasa, hombre? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great. It, it it feels like Holland is 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 speaking as fluently in Spanish like I uh, if I want to order dos cervezas uh, in Mallorca. Also, yeah, yeah, funny. Yeah, Boris is is looking great. I mean, we had high hopes for him coming into the season. Yeah, and he needs sometimes to adjust into the Bundesliga. But I think we're seeing that process being finished. Nine point three million, definitely a viable option. The question is, if you think that Lewandowski and oh, Lewandowski and Haaland, I think, are the top two options up front. That's definitely the case yeah. for me, at least for this week and probably also going forward. Like Bore has to keep up with some big names. Like you mentioned Silva, we mentioned Schick before. On this match day, I think... Like his his matchup is definitely um, decent enough to to take a swing at him. I don't think it's a bad idea. So yeah, why not? I, I think he's definitely up there. the The question is if you make a transfer selling Schick to bring in in Bore, it, it feels kind of weird, but uh, you definitely could do it. Yeah, it does. Well, I mean, it could because there were also doubts about Patrick Schick. Admittedly, we didn't mention that when we were talking about Leverkusen. Yeah, I haven't but, heard uh, that about, before, James. So about about his fitness, uh, I just caught there was something on Liga Insider about him kind of drawing the short straw a little bit. So I'm also actually just seeing now a headline about Guerrero barely being able to train this week. So that might answer our Guerrero question a little bit more. Mm. Yeah, and so I mean, I, I think Schick is ultimately probably like, especially a big game against Gladbach. I'd be surprised if a knock is enough to keep him out. But we have known. He's been a little injury prone this season, so that's maybe one to keep an eye on. What uh, Gerardo Seoane says in his press conference ahead of Leverkusen's game, but yeah, Bore then could be a valuable alternative in that situation if we hear anything. Let's talk yeah. about the the final game. Oh, sorry, you got one more thing? No, no, I just yeah. wanted to agree with you. Yeah, it, it doesn't happen that often, so I think uh, I want I need to vocalize it, James. <laughs> There we go. Every now and again, we have an episode yeah. like this. Um, it's good. It's very good. Uh, let's talk about Bielefeld Foot because I'm pretty sure we agree here as well. We were talking last week about 
it's a, it's a bit of a dicey prospect as a final game to really put your faith in players in this one. But I do think there are points to be won here. Only Köln have picked up more points than Bielefeld over the last three match days. And 17 points actually represents the same amount of points they had at this time last season. Meanwhile, I mean, Koytefurt still yet to pick up a point, not not just a win or a draw. I mean, like not even a point on foreign soul this season. So who would you trust to close out this fixture? Because I think there are two names, is it fair to say, that stand out above everyone else? Yeah, we got Wimmer, and I think if you want to go differential, you could also make an argument for Okugawa in in, in my mind. So spot on. Yeah, these these would be the two guys uh, I would I would think about. I mean, you definitely can also make an argument to bringing in a Bielefeld defender. I was going to say because if Frankfurt have no options, is there anyone in Bielefeld's backline that that piques your interest? Andres Andrade saves you a boatload of money. Playing left back for Bielefeld, um, um, he he's now the number one in front of Jakob Lausen, and he's just costing you two point five million. So that's definitely a direction to go. Cedric Brunner, the right back, is costing you five point three. Both both are viable options, and you you probably need them to pick up a clean sheet to really return value. But I mean, it's it's probably more likely than not that Bielefeld can do that. Yeah, I, I would agree there. No, I think that was kind of what I was looking at. I mean, I mean, Aaron Martin, it's a tough one. If, if you're looking at budget defenders, uh, yeah, Br- Brunner or Andrade up against Aaron Martin. With Martin, you lose flexibility, but I think you've probably got a higher upside. So I'm sure that's a debate that people. Yeah, want. set piece duties and everything else. That's so you don't well. have that with a Bielefeld defender. No, absolutely. So that's that's one where we maybe advocate go for less flexibility in that sense if those are the types of decisions you're making okay let's round out the show then Flo as we always do with our player picks starting with a Vegas choice who are you going for so in the case that you have already Wimmer in your squad I think uh, a decent or a good Vegas choice would be Jason Lee of Mines for 6.5 million just because like literally no one has him in, in their squad and he can score goals and he's cheap. So there you go. But like his floor is two points. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's also uh, possible. No, that, that is a fair assessment um, of, of Jay Sung Lee. But yeah, I mean, we know he was, we know he's capable of getting goals. Um, that's what he did when he was on the books at Holstein Kiel as well. And he's definitely finding his feet in this mind side. Uh, Vegas choice, I actually, I mean, I'm going to stick with what I alluded to earlier. I could have changed it up, but I'll, I'll go with Lars Stindl, 13.7 million. I think he could be an interesting differential, but I do stress I would I would almost look at him as a one and done. And the only reason I would really be looking at bringing him in is if you need flexibility in your midfield that includes that Saturday evening game. So that's probably talking to people that don't have Florian Wirtz, of which there probably aren't too many out there, actually. Super Schnepchen, we've already mentioned a couple of budget busters. Who is your pick, though, Flo? Yeah, I have Wimmer down here, but we talked so much about him. That's a bit boring. So I'm going with Andres Andrade. Yeah, nice. Okay. Um, but like, because he's 2.5 million is really, really cheap. That's the reason. But Wimmer, like Wimmer is the best value buy you can do for next match day. Well, I was going to say, we talked so much about Aaron Martin. Am I meant to change mine as well? And now I'm just quickly trying to look up uh, how much Messiah... No, 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 you go. We, we haven't <laughs> talked as much about uh, well, uh, Martin okay, as we then, did then about Martin, Ma- Ma- Aaron Martin, I think, yeah, 3.2 million. He's I'll a, allow it. He's a, he's a great, great purchase for this week um, and may not be on a lot of people's radars after, uh, yeah, picking up minus points last time out. 
How about the banker then? I'm going with Christopher Nkunku. And I'm, I, I hope I can bring him in. Um, I haven't done my transfer, so yeah. But he like he, he's just so good. Yeah. And the end of uh, my argument for him, he's he's just really really good <laughs> and involved in a lot of shots and goals. Yeah, he, he is. Yeah, I mean, like when you draw up your ideal fantasy player, Christopher Nkunku is is fitting the yeah. bill perfectly this season. We've had a couple of players flirt with that idea in the past, but I think Nkunku outside of Lewandowski is doing it admirably well right now um, it has to be said so yeah a great pick I will go with to not pick another Leipzig player I'll go with Philip Kostic then 17.5 million uh, I think yeah his game against Augsburg does look quite tasty and he looked in very good form last time out as well it, not all his crosses were finding the target but he was having shots on goal as well so I fancy him to to do well uh, down Augsburg's right. So it could be a valuable pick this weekend. Okay, that brings us to an end of this week's episode of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Thank you for joining us. Feel free to get in touch on your social media platform of choice. If you haven't yet joined the Talking Fußball Fantasy League, and as I said earlier in the show, if you do have questions that have come up since, send them in and Flo and I will endeavour to to answer them. For well, although now, I'll, I'm, go- uh, I'm working Friday evening, so... Uh, okay, so no no Twitter yeah. spaces or anything like that. But no, if you, I'm yeah. I just want to say, probably not being able to be on Twitter uh, Friday evening because I'm covering the second Bundesliga, the Dresden Hamburg game, so it will be great. But uh, I, I, I won't have too much fantasy on my mind. I really hope that <laughs> I'm going to make the transfers in time. So I'm definitely yeah, keeping <laughs> like, my alarm clock set for that one. Good. Okay, that I'm very glad to hear after a few mishaps. Okay, but for now, from me, your host, James Thurgood Flow, and the rest of the Talking Fusebow crew, Alfie Dehern. Alfie Dehern.